Hello. Just a little warning to you that this episode contains some swearing. Sorry about that. So please, clear out the little ones before we begin. Unless they like swearing. In which case, get them in. Welcome to the Auditorium, a portal to the fringes of culture. Hello and welcome to the Auditorium Podcast with me, your host, Dave, Dr. Bramwell. Dave, 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 um, I've, I've, I've brought you something. I hope you like, I hope you like it. So I, know, I just I know that you're a favourite. What, what is it? Oh, it's just a little gift, you know. It's just, it's nothing, it's nothing. Just, you know. Oh, I biscuits. Oh, I like it. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. It, exactly. Because yeah, I know you a, love them. It's a selection of, of, of Nice biscuits, bourbon and chocolate hobnob, which yeah. I bloody love. Exactly, yeah. And I just thought they matched your eyes a bit, in a way. Don't they? Uh, Lovely. Well, well, actually, Lovely eyes. my eyes are blue, aren't they? These are yeah, well, I mean, what I mean is they set them off. Can you just hold one of them next to your eye? Just, just... Like that? Oh. Yeah, what good. That's all right. That's okay. Are you rubbing yourself? No, no. I've just got something in my pocket. What's going on? N- nothing, nothing. It's all right. It's I, nothing. I've got to say, you've, you've been texting me endlessly the last few days. I, I just... And sending me stuff through the mail. I... Well, I... What? Okay, I admit it. I've got a little. I've got a little thing going on here, Dave. A little thing. This morning, I, I'm woken up by well, the mariachi band. Yeah, the mariachi band. Seven yeah. texts from you within yeah. the space of a minute. I'm sorry. And then, and then, how much does it cost to hire an aeroplane nowadays with oh, a banner? Oh, to the big cock and balls. Yeah, uh, in the air. That was expensive. I thought it was a heart. Oh, <laughs> this, does this tie in in a in a in a way with our talk today? Well, I, I can't imagine that that would be the case. No, we've we never done do that, that before, we? have we? Well, our speaker today is Angie Mariani. Angie first gave a talk at the Catalyst Club, which is which is uh, a night where um, we scoop up some of our auditorium talks. And in fact, Angie has spoken several times. She's spoken on the theme of love and li- the literature of love. Spoken about suicide and. This time she's talking about limerence. Now, I didn't know what limerence was until... Well, I she, did. You did? <clears throat> yes. I had, For good I, reason. I had occasion to suffer it. <laughs> <laughs> More than once. Well, if, if the listeners don't know what limerence is, they're about to find out. So here's Angie Mariani on the thorny subject of limerence. I'm watching you now. Dave, can you stop it? You're making me feel nervous. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Can you... Can you do your flies up? Oh, gosh, yes. I didn't know that was... Can you just step away? Keep, keep walking. Really? Just yeah, keep walking. Can I do a quick check and see how many people have heard of limerence? 1%? 2%? That's interesting, because um, it's estimated that between 5% and 95% of people have experienced limerence. So we're going to do... We're going to do a survey later on and see how true that is. Now, this is a topic that you may come across in psychology or literature or even biology and sociology. And I'm looking at it from the point of view of entertainment, even though the subject can cause huge suffering to individuals. I came across a subject during many years of reading love books, love poems, love stories, love biographies, dating manuals, love tips, attraction and body language guides. I realised that what I find most interesting about love is limerence, when people go completely bonkers for love. (laughs) So what's interesting to me is what is limerence and do most people experience it? 
and features of limerence, it, it may start as a romantic attraction and it becomes an overwhelming obsession. The limerent person turns any negative attribute into a positive and they have a huge need for their love to be reciprocated. The physiological traits of limerence are seizure-like trembling pallor, flushing, heart palpitations, pupil dilation and general weakness awkwardness, stuttering, shyness and confusion, as well as insomnia, loss of appetite and passing out. Dorothy Tenov, a psychologist, she coined the phrase in her 1979 book, Love and Limerence, about the experience of being in love. She carried out many years of research, conducting interviews with people who were madly in love, and she cites over 500 case studies describing the feelings. Tenov estimates that 18 months to three years is the average duration of limerence, although it can be much shorter and it can also last for decades. Basically, it starts from nothing and then peaks to very high limerent desires, which can subside and then with a look, it can peak again. And this can happen several times before it usually declines completely. Now, the chemicals involved in limerence are basically the chemicals of love that many of you will have heard of. So there's the cuddle hormone, oxytocin, and the feel-good hormone, dopamine. These are the things that make you want to hug someone. Now, some of these chemicals affect mood and blood pressure, and others, like pheromones, actually act to attract people to you. Now, it has been argued that limerence is just an extreme form of falling in love because more of these types of chemicals may be activated. And sometimes they're activated just by having eye contact with someone. So eye contact is hugely important for limerent people. And in many ways, it helps to sustain the overwhelming feelings. And another key thing is uncertainty. If you're not sure whether the other person even has feelings for you. If there are obstacles, so for instance, if it's a co-worker or a married person or you're married, it can make the experience even more intense and it can ebb and flow and usually just friendliness can make a person obsessed again. So whether it's controllable is very debatable, although Tenov in her book says largely it's not controllable. There's a whole language around limerence. So LO means limerent object, the person that you're obsessed with. And LE is the person who experiences limerence. Now, not everyone experiences it. And it can be painful to both an LO and, and someone who is limerent. So I'm just going to read you a short excerpt from Dorothy's book. This is a chap called Fred, his diary. Damn it, I have reverted to daydreaming erotic romantic fantasies. The pure joy of work is gone, and I am beset with the process of imagining outlandish circumstances that would find me in Laura's arms, from whence would come a passionate amour. It is very strange, I did not expect it, but I could almost enjoy the suspended tension condition I am in if my work were not the loser. This game with Laura is delicate and not entirely subtle. I do not think it can be played solitaire, and it is an attraction, not a sex need. Not just anyone would do. Probably only Laura would do. But so far, she has been perfectly aloof, which gives me much to contemplate. This is months and months later. I would love to be able to imagine Laura burning with passion behind her cool exterior, but I am forced to admit it is unlikely. Even after all these weeks and all the time we are spending together, the only real contact between Laura and me is eye contact. And it can also be very embarrassing on both sides. Um, I wasn't going to tell you any of my own limerent episodes, 
as it would probably take all week, but I'll just let you know of one early one I had as a, as a warning, really. When I was in sixth form, I resolved to send a, a Valentine's card to my LO. So I wanted it to stand out. So I got this huge bit of foam rubber, size of a door. Uh, it was really like a single bed that you opened up into a double bed. And I covered it in red velvet, red satin, a big white silk heart with white lace, satin ribbons, and I embroidered poetry in it. Um, it was stunning. <laughs> Um, and also quite hideous as well. And, and I stayed up five nights to make it. Valentine's morning, I went to the school, I was in sixth form college, and I wedged it in the door. But the night before, I thought, he's not going to know it's from me, and I, obviously it's got to be anonymous, so I thought I'll give him a clue. I know, I'll make a dress that matches the, the card. So I... Um, made an A-line dress in red satin and velvet and white heart with lace and ribbons and poetry embroidered and um, matched precisely. So, I mean, that's not a happy ending to this story. But I just, basically, um, I can still see, I still go cold when I see his face that look, looked at the card, looked at me, and, it, and he never talked to me again. And it was basically an early lesson in, in not going overboard. Um, so now I'm going to turn the tables and do a quick survey to see how many limerent people there are in the room. So who has experienced a crazy in love feeling before? That's 60% maybe? The others are lying. How, how, many, <laughs> how many people are limerent right now? Oh, <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> it's the limerent object in the room right now. <laughs> Have you hidden these feelings for fear of appearing crazy? If the LO reciprocated your feelings, would you live happily ever after? Who has yeah. never experienced being bonkers in love? Oh. That, that, that's what Tenov says. She's the one who thinks it's 95% and other psychologists say it's only 5% and they're the ones who treat it as a mental illness and prescribe drugs for it. <laughs> Um, a lot of people say limerence is just a snobby, pseudo-scientific word for a crush. On forums where people discuss these things, a lot of people say things like, get, get a grip. I like this particular forum post. It's just a fancy word to describe irrational crushes on people you clearly have no chance with. And even if you do, it's probably adulterous. Everyone in their life will have crushes and they never do anything about that they never do anything about for long periods of time and it builds tension and chances are it's all in your mind just because you use big words instead of saying hey I really like this guy but I'm too stubborn and stuck up to go talk to him and see if he feels the same way I don't care whether Dorothy Tenov says limerence is different than a crush frankly hardly anyone will care that that you or her say it's different. If there is such a strong connection, make something of it. If it's about the risk, risk it and do something about it. Love at first sight is just lust. So if you're really attracted to him by his physical attributes, chances are it's a strong lusty crush on a married man who won't be leaving his wife of eight years anytime soon. Derek, no. Um, I think she breaks down at that point. Um, 
Others like to specify how it's different from things like infatuation. They say it's deeper than infatuation. It's more extreme than falling in love and sometimes unrealistic. It's not just about sex, so it's not just lust. They compare it to unrequited love, but sometimes it is reciprocated. You can have two limerent people in love with each other. It stops short of stalking, but it does have elements of stalking. <laughs> And it can end up as mental illness if it's way out of control, but it's normally not pathological. Um, sexual attraction is usually a feature of limerence, but it may not be explicit. And coup de foudre, it may start out at love as, as love at first sight, but not always. So fantasy is a big part of limerence, but it often stops short of rude fantasies. And it normally fades out and goes all soft focus and shimmering when the elo comes down to kiss you. So I'm told. Um, <laughs> this intrusive thinking is also what gives it elements of hope and despair. It is slightly stalkerish, but not completely. A limerent person feels a bit guilty when they keep driving past the yellow's house or when they cyberstalk. And it's usually more a hopeless crush where they engineer situations to bump into the yellow. So all of this means that there's a huge market for limerence cure books as well. And these range from avoiding the yellow completely so you don't feed the fantasies to the opposite approach. And this is the Richard Robinson cure for limerence, which is to find out all about them and then the actual reality of the person will squash any fantasy of them. <laughs> so there's lots of different programs to cure limerence, seven step, 10 step, even 25 step cures. So basically it's the same as all the books, the love books trying to peddle love, but in reverse. So in a nutshell, I think getting a grip is the only cure. Um, get to know the other person. Try not to freak them out. Confess all to a good friend so you don't turn into a mad stalker. And if you must, send them an anonymous Valentine's. But leave it at that. Don't cut up a mattress or make a matching dress. It's not, it's not worth it. That's it. Angie Mariani there on, on Limerence. So it, it obviously begs the question, Mr Mountfield, yes. have you ever experienced it? Oh, of course I have, yes. And, it, and like everyone, it's it's worst in your, in, when you're young, in your early 20s or whatever. And uh, I think actually the worst example for me uh, was in my mid-20s with a, a young lady who shall remain nameless. And, um, you know, she decided that maybe she didn't want to go out with me anymore. And uh, I was unaccountably devastated. I wasn't necessarily that into her when we were going out. But when we stopped going out, I was obsessed with her for a while and I, I did terrible things like I made her a present which was a chest of drawers like little sort of cardboard chest of drawers with little presents in, in every drawer that all had some significance you know and the top drawer had a sort of an envelope with a key in it and a question mark on it you know if she would go out with me again I'd, I'd let her open the thing with the key in it you know it was just a simple desperate attempt to intrigue her that sounds um, wonderful I'd it's love wonderful, that for my birthday except that I, I went out a raving um, uh, back in the day and uh, the next day I was feeling very fragile indeed and thought oh well I really don't want anything unpleasant to happen to me today because I'm feeling a little the worse for wear and there was a knock on the door and there was Katie with this present that I'd made her going and you can keep your fucking present there it is stop fucking with my head fuck off and so I walked off and I just went oh oh 
Oh dear. Oh, this come down's quite harsh now. Uh, and that was the point where I went, oh, I've gone mad. <laughs> I've actually gone mad. Oh, okay. And 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 from then on, I got, I got better. You know, it, it sorted itself out. But you know, there was. It is very hard to break it unless something comes along and and, and breaks it like yeah, that, where yeah. you go, oh, oh no, yeah, I've lost my mind. You know, I've completely lost my mind. You know, and it, we're laughing about it now. But when you're going through it, this is why people top themselves and things like that. Of course, you know, it's because is because they can see no way out of this state that they're in. But it is it is a fugue. It is essentially a a sort of a madness. I think when when Angie first gave the talk, I remember thinking about a girl at school. I I obsessed about and i thought that something was there between us something was there i think we kissed one night mm-hmm. and over summer the summer holidays after we I'd, I'd finished at school and that kiss just made me it lingered for the whole summer but then the following day she went to ireland for a two-week holiday As they and those do. yeah those were the longest two weeks of my life <laughs> and i just sat at home blue balls for two weeks <laughs> I sat at home writing songs about her, writing poems, oh. the usual, you know, the usual kind of teenage thing. Yeah. And she came back and I was so excited about seeing her. And she went, oh, yeah, sorry, I got off with this guy, Marco, uh, in Ireland to going out oh. with him now. Um, oh. it was, and, and, that, and that just makes it, it, it just suddenly... That reminds me of another example. I, I was obsessed in a kind of low-level way with, with two girls in my sixth form. And we went on a big group holiday down to Sulcombe. And I was like, this is my chance. If I don't get off with one, I'm bound to get off with the other this is brilliant we're all going to be in a big cottage it's going to be fantastic off with each other no no <laughs> worse than that we met on the first day a bunch of 30 year old beach bum surfers on the beach who they immediately shagged for the entire week i didn't get a look in i didn't it was it was horrible it was just that thing of uh, having it rubbed in my teenage face it's awful awful business so are we actually in the the realm of limerence here or just bitterness about our inadequacy as both as teenage, both. teenage boys but we should we should talk a bit about examples from, from literature of that your example reminded me of beatrice and, and dante you know dante he didn't even kiss her did he, he just saw her once yeah in a, in a doorway i don't think he ever saw her again after that but his oh. whole life was dedicated to beatrice well yes i know that nothing ever happened between them yeah uh, i didn't realize he'd only seen other ones i believe he glimpsed her once from a distance blimey yeah but then um, there's some there's some darker examples it's, you know we, we both uh, live in brighton or this is recorded in brighton at least you live in lewis don't you i do um home of the obsessive well two of the iconic brighton works of art are uh, graham green's brighton rock and patrick hamilton's hangover, hangover square, square both of which are have an element of limerence in them well yes it's pinky and rosie in, in brighton rock and of course that way around that rosie's the one who's got an undying love for pinky and pinky really couldn't give her monkeys uh, in well, fact he's a monster and he's the he's pure evil yeah he's pure evil in the film of course she plays the record at the end and it sticks and so it keeps on telling her that he loves her uh, that- and of course in the book doesn't work out that way. It does doesn't. It? No, it's much darker. Green's <laughs> Green's ending is 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 much more yeah. misanthropic. There's no hope. There's yeah. no hope at the end of at the end of the book. And what is it? Hangover Square. I don't know. I've, been, I've not never read. I've confessed for a Brightonian, an ex-Brightonian. I've never read Hangover Square. So it's a it's a terrific read. It's also it's a very dark misanthropic book. But it's about there's a you know the male character in it is weak. He has these sort of blackouts and and it, it almost like a personality switch. And in those blackouts, the you know, these evil thoughts come into his head that. He he needs to to kill somebody, which it, inevitably he does. He's obsessed with this woman down the pub who has no interest in him whatsoever, but right. she recognises that she can use him. 
Uh, and that's what she does. She uses and abuses him, and mm, uh, and it's 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 really it's really unpleasant. And uh, and he's so pathetic in the way that he allows her to walk all over him, allows her to well, he, you know, he's he's seeing her flirting and, and and sleeping with other men in his not quite in his presence, but you know, in his company. And it's it's it's, it's nasty, but you can see that he's he's completely fallen for her. You cannot understand why as a reader. So, uh, Dave, I. I'll fascinating stuff i just wanted, had one question for you actually yeah um which was uh, what are you doing tonight um i i think i'm just gonna go and have a have a bath bath yeah that's weird because i i really do i really need a bath myself and i just oh, dave look no look what please don't no, do what? don't no, do this please don't do this for us i don't want i don't want for I, our presentation I, you know what thing, i just you know? I need a little space it's that's it's not it's look come on it's nothing it's two friends sharing a bar let's just keep it as, as friends the whole thing it's, it feels uh, weird it's, 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 it's the texts you know? the the airplane messages it's just all no, getting no, no what are you doing what are you look, doing you know, stay, stay. Get closer Can you stay on the other side of the studio? Close now. I don't want. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Please don't sit on my knee, Lance. Lance, can, oh, Lance. No, I'm sorry. He's, he's doing it again. Look, please. <sighs> Look, stop, get you. What? Look, off him. Oh, uh, think of the sponsorship. We can't no. do this. We can't get it off him. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Just out. Get out. Yeah. Out. Listen, you will understand. I can't one, find though. other people. You, you, we can get people like you easily. Sorry about that, Dave. I love you. Are you going to be okay? Oh, he's, he's creeping me out. Creeping me out. Do you want to out. fish off the show normally now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so I'm a bit Can shaken. Um, No, I'm all right, thanks. I'm okay. Yeah, uh, okay then. If you're all okay then. Yeah, I'm fine. I'll just, I'll get this done and I'm going to get home. Obviously, this has been quite dramatic for all of us, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll share the bath if you want. Bastard! I knew that's what he would do. Oh, I knew Lance, that's what he would as well. I knew that. Dave, Dave, oh, yeah. he's seen the money. Get him off. Get him yeah, off. Get him out of here. It's the Get him out of here. The Auditorium is presented by Dr. David Bramwell and Mr. David Mountfield. The producers are Lance Dan and Andrew Mayling. You can discover more about the show at oddpodcast.com, where you can find out about upcoming events and festival shows. If you'd like to give a talk about something that you're passionate about, then email us at contact at oddpodcast.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at oddpodcastuk. Talks from the Auditorium are featured in Earnest Journal, a magazine for the curious and adventurous. If you like the Auditorium, then please leave a review for us on iTunes. <laughs>